Well, this morning, uh, we are continuing in the series that we have been in, Make Room. As we've said, this is our theme for the year. Uh, the theme for the year that, that we would make room for God to move in our lives like never before, both individually and also as a church. And uh, over the last couple of weeks, last two Sundays, we, we talked specifically about the Holy Spirit. And I know I've had a lot of you just share, man, man, I'm being stirred in a way that I never have been before. And I want to challenge you, if you missed out on messages the last couple of weeks, I'd encourage you to go back and watch those messages. But we want to see God move like never before in our lives and in our congregation as a whole, all right? Uh, but this morning, we're going to look at a parable, two parables, that will challenge our affection. And it will challenge even our desire to make room for God in our lives, all right? And so I know that this story, these parables are going to challenge us, and I believe they're going to mess with our hearts a little bit today, all right? So if you got your Bibles, would you turn with me to Matthew chapter 13? Matthew chapter 13. If you're using a digital Bible, we're in the NIV here this morning. And if you would, would you stand with me across the room as we're going to read our text together today? Uh, If this is your first time, we stand as a way to say, God, we honor your word over my words. We value his words above all else, all right? Matthew chapter 13, beginning in verse number 44, says this. These are Jesus' words. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had. And bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away, sold everything he had, and bought it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. God, I thank you that this word that you gave 2,000 years ago, God, you want to speak it to us today. So I pray that we would hear this as your words to us. Hear your voice in this, Lord, and hear your call of our hearts, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Amen. You may be seated. How many of you have ever been to a garage sale? You ever been to a garage sale? Okay. How many of you have ever had your own garage sale? Raise your hand. Okay. Uh, I'm not really a big garage sale person, I'm going to be honest. Um, But about 10 years ago, my wife informed me that we were going to have a garage sale. And I said, really? That's what we're going to do? Okay, awesome. And so for the next several weeks, uh, Amber was preparing things and getting things ready. And, you know, if you've ever had your own garage sale, you know, there's a lot of work and preparation to do this kind of thing. You know, you're figuring out, okay, what am I going to sell? You're organizing things, figuring all these kind of things. And then you got to start pricing everything and labeling. Amber's got tape. She's taping everything, all these kind of things. And all right, we're set up this garage sale. This is great. And then it comes time for the garage sale and it's three days. And for three days in a row, you know, she's sitting outside trying to sell things. And I'm like, this is awesome. You know, it's just a lot of time we're giving to this thing. And at the end of this thing, I said, how much, how much did you make, Amber? And she said, $96. And I said to myself, that's how much we made? <laughs> I said, I will pay you $100 every year for the rest of our lives if we never have to do this again. <laughs> can, anybody, can anybody agree with that? Okay, so, but I know there's a lot of you out there, you love garage sales, or maybe you love thrifting. Some of you like thrifting, that's kind of your thing. And the thing I know about people who like that, and specifically thrifting, is they just love a good deal, Right? They love Because you'll hear somebody who's thrifting and they come, they're not as excited about the item as much as how little they paid for it, right? They're like, well, it was $3, it was $6. They're like, what a, what a great deal, okay? You love a good deal. 
I got a friend who, who loves to thrift, and a few years ago, he went to a place, and he purchased a pair of pants from a thrift store for $10. He got those pants home and discovered $1,400 cash in the pocket of those pants. I will start thrifting <laughs> if I could find a pair of pants like that, right? That's a good deal, right? And uh, when you look at the stories and the parables that we just read together, they're just like that. It's a really, really good deal. Jesus would often teach using a parable. And what's a parable? It's a story with a point. So he tells a story and he's trying to convey a point to his audience. And these two uh, parables are two of the shortest parables that Jesus told. I mean, one of them's one verse long, okay? It's a couple sentences, that's it. And they're, they're a part of a larger teaching. These two parables are part of a larger teaching found in Matthew chapter 13, where Jesus is talking about the kingdom of heaven. He gives all these ideas about the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. Sometimes it's referred to that way. And so what is that? It's this, the place of God's authority, his rule, his reign. It's not talking about an earthly or a temporary kingdom. He's talking about an eternal kingdom. And when you read through all of these stories, first you get to a couple parables that talk about the fact that not everyone will be fit for the kingdom of heaven. It's a challenging parable. Then he has a couple parables where he talks about the mystery and the power of the kingdom of heaven. You can read those earlier in chapter 13, but, but then we get to the two parables that we just read together. And when we get to those, we see that Jesus is revealing the value of the kingdom of heaven. But even more than that, he begins to speak what is the appropriate response to the kingdom of heaven, all right? And so I want to walk through these parables and help us see them. Because a lot of times when we read little short parables like this, we read it like, oh, yep, we just move on to the next thing. But I think there's a lot of important things we need to see out of these stories. You look at verse number 44, if you're following along, it says this, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. I want you to think about this story. Just visualize this story for it. You got a guy. He's strolling through a field that he doesn't own, right? This isn't his field. This isn't his stuff. He's just going about his business. I think about all of us just going about our normal lives, walking around, happen to be walking through a field, and you can just imagine, like, you know, stub his toe on the corner of something. Like, ah, what is that? Right? You look down, and you begin to see, like, what is this? And he starts digging, starts going out trying to figure out, what, what is this? thing that's in this field. And he pulls it out and realizes, I can just visualize if it was me, visualize some big box or something like that. And you realize, what, what is this? You're looking around like, I, does anybody else know this is here? Like, has anybody else seen this before? I wasn't looking for it, but here it is. You open the box and you see inside treasure. Now, maybe it's for us, what is it? Big bars of gold, you know, a thing filled with cash, just hundred dollar bills, just filled with cash. You're like, what in the world? Or if you're a crypto person, it's like a thumb drive with 10,000 Bitcoin on it, just, just sitting in a truck. You're like, what in the world? And I'm sure he begins thinking, okay, what do I do? If I take it, like I'm, I'm a thief. I, I, I can't just take this thing. What am I? I don't think anybody knows about that. I'm just bare. So he buries this thing. And then he does something that I would guess everybody else thought was crazy. He says, in his joy, because he knew something. He realized something. In his joy, he goes and sells everything he's got. 
Just imagine for a second, you go home one day and you decide, I'm selling, I'm liquidating everything I got. I'm selling my house, I'm selling my cars, I'm selling my shoes, I'm selling my clothes, I'm selling everything I'm selling, the little trinkets, the little hobby that I have, all the little things that I save, all the things that are important. I'm going to my bank account, I'm cashing everything out, everything I've got except the clothes on my back. Sell it all. Just imagine what your families and friends would think if you did that. You're an idiot, right? And I'm sure everybody watching this guy is like, what are you doing? What are you, you're selling everything you've got. Are you stupid? You have to live still. He's like, yeah, yeah. you don't understand. I'm about to make a really good deal. He says he sells everything. Enjoy, he sells everything again. He goes and he buys the field because he knows when he gets the field, he gets the treasure. And that's more valuable than anything he has on this earth. So that's the first story. So we get to the second story, and it's very similar. Very similar parable. We get it, right? The guy, uh, we'll read it here in verse number 45. He says, again, the kingdom of heaven, that's what he's talking about. The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had, and he bought it. Now, this story is very similar to the other one. The only difference is this guy was looking for something of value. See, the first person, there's some people when it comes to faith, you weren't even looking for Christ. But somebody began to speak life about you. You began to see something and all of a sudden it opened up your life. Some of you that are getting baptized today, it wasn't like you weren't searching Jesus. Jesus sought you and found you. But there are some people that just like this merchant, they get to a place in life where they're dissatisfied. Maybe some of you are there today where you realize there's gotta be more to this life than what I'm experiencing right now. There's gotta be more than this. There's gotta be something that's, that's bigger than what I'm living. And that's where this merchant was. He's like, I'm looking for something valuable. And so he goes off looking for it. But think about it. He's a merchant looking to acquire more. Look, he's looking for the fine pearls to add to what he's already got. You see, for some of us, we find Jesus and we want to add him to what we've already got. But what did he do? When he saw the value of this pearl, he said, I'm not gonna try and add this pearl to my life. I'm gonna exchange everything I've got. He goes and sells everything because it's that valuable. It's worth everything I've got. I can't simply add this to what I've got. I've gotta trade it all in for something better. And so he sells everything he's got and he goes and buys the pearl. So you look at those two stories in Although these two parables start out by describing what the kingdom of heaven is like, ultimately they're describing what's the appropriate response to Jesus and to his kingdom. What are we supposed to do? See, these parables force us to ask ourselves a very simple question. The question is this, how do we view the kingdom of God? How do we view the kingdom of God? Because Jesus tells us how valuable the kingdom is, right? He says it's worth everything. It's infinitely more valuable than anything else in this world. It's infinitely more valuable than anything you've got right now. Worth more. But do we value it that way? Is that how we see the kingdom of God? I want you to hear this, this quote. Just because something is valuable doesn't mean you value it. Just because something is valuable 
doesn't mean you actually value it. Think about my friend who found $1,400 in the pocket of a $10 pair of pants. Those pants were worth $1,410. They just didn't realize it. They didn't value it as it deserved to be. They didn't recognize it. And the same thing can happen to us in our normal relationships here on earth. Have you ever had one of those seasons in life uh, when you realized that you weren't valuing what was most valuable, the relationships that were most valuable to you? Because mentally you would think about, oh, my marriage is, that's the most important earthly relationship. Or, or maybe it's a relationship with your kids. Or maybe it's a relationship with a friend. You've got this friend and they're the most valuable. You would say it in your mind. You would say, that's the most valuable relationship I have. Have you ever had a season where you realize, I'm not acting that way? Like the way that we're relating, like the, the time that I'm giving that person, the way that I'm investing, I'm not actually valuing, right? Right? Just because they're valuable doesn't mean you actually value And so we ask this question, how do we value the kingdom of God? Or more personally, I would ask the question, how do you view the kingdom of God? And when I say that, I'm not asking what's the right answer. Because I think a lot of you know what the right answer is. Oh yeah, it's valuable. It's worth everything I've got, right? I'm not asking for the right answer. I'm asking for what's the real answer in your life today. How do you value the kingdom of God? And so I want to get to our big so what because uh, you might be asking, okay, what does this have to do with our Make Room series? Like, what does this have to do with that? And the big so what this morning is a very simple thought, and it's this. We make room for what we value. We make room for what we value. You can think about that two ways. When something is valuable to us, we will find a way to make room for it, right? It naturally happens, but we can also be very intentional. When we truly value a thing, we will strive to make room for it. Even if it's inconvenient to us, we will make room because we value it that way. Think about the parables that we just looked at. Both of them started with a moment of appreciation, right? Appreciating how amazing it was. Both of them, they start. they see the treasure, And then I can appreciate how valuable this is. This is amazing. This is wonderful. This is great. You see the pearl. Like, wow, I can appreciate the value and the worth of this thing. And I think there are a lot of people that when they hear the gospel, and it can be true of us, that we can hear the gospel and we can appreciate it, right? You hear John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave us, oh, that's a good news, right? Jesus loves me. Jesus gave his life for me. I get heaven because of what Jesus said. I can really appreciate that. That's something amazing. But, but the gospel wasn't meant to just be appreciated. It was meant to be valued, It's meant to be valued. This is why Jesus said this. You want to follow me? You want to receive the good things of the kingdom of heaven? Everything that I have offering to you? How do you receive it? Take up your cross and die. Choose my kingdom over your kingdom. Value me above everything else. There is nothing in this life that is worth holding on to. No, value me. And hear this. Valuing, it isn't a feeling. It isn't just an emotion. Valuing isn't just a thought. Valuing is an action. Valuing is an act. Valuing is a step that we take in response to the extravagant value of the treasure, in response to the extravagant value of the pearl. What did they do? 
They responded. They did something. They sold everything they had because that was worth that much. How often do we respond that way? How often do we respond to Christ that way? Christ, I value you so much that I will choose to lay things aside. I will choose to give up things. I will choose to surrender things because they are secondary to who you are. You are worth more. And when it comes to making room, how many times do we say, God, I want to make room for you because you're that valuable. You are worth my time. You are worth my attention. You are worth my energy. You are worth everything that I've got. When's the last time you responded that way? See, I think a lot of times we can get so distracted by the here and now, and I'm the first one in line there. How many times can we get distracted by the here and the now and the temporary, the stuff that doesn't last? We get distracted by careers and school and sports and hobbies and homes and cars and reputations and what people think of us and relationships and entertainment. And I'm not saying all of that stuff is bad, but what I'm saying is so often those things become distraction. We fill our lives with things. We make room for all these things. Why? Because we value them. We value them. But when's the last time that we said, Christ, I value you? Because Jesus would say, listen, you, you live your 70 or 80 or 90 years here on earth. It's great. You can choose to value that above everything else. Make every decision based on that. Make every decision based on what's good for you for these few years. You can do that. But you need to hear something. Your time here on earth, is like a vapor. It comes and it goes very, very quickly. Now that I'm 42, almost 42, I'm not quite yet, 42. Yay, I got two weeks left. I'm 42, I look back at my life and I'm like, man, things move real fast these days. When I was younger, when I was 18, it was like, oh, life's forever. It isn't. And in your, those that are older than me, you know exactly what I'm saying. It feels like it's a vapor. How much of our energy is going to the vapor versus going to his eternal kingdom? How much of our attention is going to the things that do not last versus the things that will last? Are we valuing his kingdom? Jesus would say, trust me, make the better deal. My kingdom is worth everything you've got. But if this message isn't strong enough, uh, Jesus follows up this parable with another story, another parable. And he gives us a warning. You know, the, the, he talks about the value of the kingdom of God, right? He talks about, it's so, it is worth more. Trust me, it is that good, it is worth more. But he gives a warning here. And I'm not gonna tell you it. I'm not gonna retell you it. I'm simply gonna read the words Jesus spoke. And I want you to hear these straight from the mouth of Jesus. Verse number 47 says this. Once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. When it was full, the fishermen pulled it up on the shore. Then they sat down and collected the good fish in baskets, but threw the bad away. This is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping 
and gnashing of teeth. I don't know, does anybody else get mildly uncomfortable when you read that? And I think Jesus told us that because we should. Because heaven and hell are a reality. And it isn't just, he's inviting us to something that's more valuable, but he gives a warning to say, okay, you better receive what's more valuable because if you don't, you're not going to like where that leads. The decision you make, what you choose to value has eternal consequences. And I believe he wants every one of us to recognize that today. What you choose to value has eternal consequences. This isn't just a cute decision about like, oh, I'm going to value Jesus. No, whether or not you value Jesus matters. It says in Philippians, one day every knee will bow before Christ. You will bow. The question is, will you do it or will you be forced to do it? This morning you have the opportunity to say, Christ, I choose to value you above everything else. To submit to you above everything else to give my life to you. And there's some of you here this morning, it's possible. Maybe you're here as a guest. You've never heard that Christ loves you. In fact, he says, your sin is what separates you from him. Your sin is what leads you to deserving of separation in hell. But he gave his one and only son, sent him to a cross for your benefit. He took the penalty you deserved. He took the the wrath of all things on himself so that you could have the opportunity for salvation. But it doesn't happen just by appreciating what he's done for you. It happens by valuing what he has done, by saying, Christ, I give you my life. I surrender to you as Lord, and I receive you as my Savior. And I'm going to give some of you an opportunity to respond in a moment. But I would say that there's some of you here this morning, you say, you know what, I'm a follower of Jesus, right? I love Jesus. I do value him. But let's just be honest, for all of us who follow Jesus, we can get off sometimes. Maybe you have, right now, as, as I'm talking, you realize, man, some of my priorities are, are off a little bit. What I'm investing myself into, man, I'm really, really focused on the here and now, and I've not really been thinking about the things that matter more. Christ, maybe there's some things I need to lay down. You know, goes with your time. Like, how are you spending your time? Are you valuing it? Are you making room for Christ? Are you hoping you can find some room for Christ? As if, even as it relates, we've been talking about kingdom builders the last few weeks. Where are we going to invest our finances? And there's some of you, maybe you've wrestled like, I don't want to do that because you're like, no, I'd rather invest in the here and now. And I would just challenge you. What if he's calling you to get outside of your comfort zone? Say, no, I want to give toward things that are eternal, not just things that are temporal. What does that look like in your life? Maybe God would stir you this year to give like never before. I don't know what it is, but in a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond as well. But I'm going to close with just a story. Because when I hear this message, there's a, there's a story, a true story, maybe some of you have heard before, that I just can't help but go into. Uh, many of you know, I mentioned earlier, Bitcoin, it's a cryptocurrency. Uh, once upon a time, it was worth pennies. Okay? Um, but today, it's, uh, you know, uh, one Bitcoin, it's worth around $52,000. About 10, 15 years ago, there was a guy, this was before Bitcoin was being used to do anything. There was a guy who had accumulated 10,000 Bitcoin. At the time, worth just pennies, you know. But he wanted to be one of the first people to use Bitcoin to actually make a purchase. And so he traded 10,000 Bitcoin 
for two Papa John's pizzas. Now at the time, that was all they were worth. They were worth two Papa John's pizzas. Little did he know the true value those would have. Today that would be worth a half a billion dollars for two pizzas. I just think about our lives. How horrible would it be one day to stand before the throne of God and to recognize that we traded eternity for two pizzas. That's a bad deal. So this morning, I want all of us to bring our hearts before the Lord again to say, God, would we choose what's better? Would we choose what's eternal? We've got some people over here getting baptized today who are making that decision, but I believe there's some of you here this morning. Today is your day to respond to Christ like never before. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes across the room as we have a moment to respond. Father, I thank you so much. I thank you so much for what you have done for us. I thank you that you love us, that you pursue us. The gospel is so good that when we don't deserve it, what we don't deserve, we can receive through Christ. God, you pursue us. You run after us, Lord. God, even for some of us, we weren't even looking. But today, you are revealing your love and your care for us and the infinite value you have. God, I pray right now for every heart in this place. Would they come to a place of turning to you like never before? Not surrendering the things that are secondary to focus on the things that are eternal. With every head bow and every eye closed, I want to talk to those of you. You're here this morning. You have never responded to Christ. You have never surrendered your life to Jesus and said, Christ, I value you above everything else making him the Lord and the Savior of your life. Or maybe it's been a really long time, and if you were to die today, you would not know what your future would hold. If that's you this morning with every head bowed and every eyes closed, if that's you, I want you, and you want to respond to Christ, you want to surrender your life, I invite you just to lift a hand across the room and say, that's me, I want to respond to Jesus today. I want to give my life to Jesus today. Yes. Yeah. us online, I encourage you to respond as well. I don't want to pass through this moment. There's hands all across the room. If there's anybody else, I don't want you to miss this moment. You can put your hand down. If there's anyone else, I want to give you an opportunity to respond right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to invite the whole room uh, to repeat after me, but if you are making this decision, I want you just from your heart to really pray these words. Everybody repeat, dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for pursuing me. Thank you for giving your life for me. I admit that I'm a sinner and I admit that I need saving. I believe in you. I believe that you gave your life for me. I believe that you rose again. I believe that you are Lord of all. And I confess you as Lord of my life. Forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of the the direction I've headed. And Lord, I surrender to you. Help me to live for you all the days of my life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just want to give everyone across the room a moment with heads still bowed and eyes closed. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're here this morning and you're just like, man, there's been
been some things in my life where I just haven't been valuing Christ at the level I need to. I'm just going to give you 30 seconds right now in your own heart, your own words, to say, Christ, I surrender to you again. God, I turn back to you. I want to give you about 30 seconds just to respond on your own. Would you do that right now? people who value you. God, it's not just the feelings, it's an action, God. Help us to take those steps this week, Lord. God, that that we would live for your kingdom, that our priorities would reflect your kingdom value. God, that our money would reflect your kingdom value. God, that our time would reflect your kingdom value. God, every part of our lives for your glory, Lord. God, we don't want to just play the games. We don't want to just show show up to church for an hour on Sunday. God, we want to live this thing out for your glory, Lord. So God, challenge us. Bring us your holy conviction this week in a fresh and a new way. Like never before, Lord, we pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Have your way in us, we pray. In Jesus' name, everybody said.